The way I define what a badass is, is someone who does what they think and believe to be true without caring what other people think. This is your Badass Journey podcast. I am Kareen Walsh, serial entrepreneur, growth strategist, executive leadership coach, and best-selling author. Each week, I will bring you a guest or a thought that will help you align what you love with what you do in order to build that badass life and business you dream of. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of your Badass Journey podcast. I am your host, Kareen Walsh, and I am so excited to bring to you today a discussion around health. I had recorded this interview a while back and I realized I never shared it with you, but it is perfect timing because I have decided to refocus on my own health. And so, of course, I tapped the shoulder of all the experts in my life um, where I'm fortunate to have them and really get more of an integrative approach to how I go about it. Now, I have daily habits that I have put in place to make sure that I'm feeling good every single day in order to serve my clients. And I've shared some of that with you on past episodes. But today is going to be focused on functional and integrative health. I have Rob Linninger, um, who's a great friend. We met in a mastermind with Chris Harder and a few years ago. And we have such a desire to serve others And Rob's focus has been in the medical field for a long time. He is a physician's assistant for a while and now became an entrepreneur, leveraging his medical background and really focusing on the cutting edge of research in nutrition, fitness, mindset, sleep, and human optimization, as he calls it. He believes that in order for us to function at the highest level, we must get out our get our health in order first and consequently if our health is a priority then our performance in life and in the boardroom and in all places becomes really high octane so he has a simple no nonsense approach but we actually share his background how he decided to focus on health build this as a business in order to assist those in need to have the highest level of energy around all that they do, but really just feel good in their body, in their mind, and in their spirit. So if you would like to connect with Rob, he can be found at R-O-B-L-I-N-I-N-G-E-R or Functional Med Reboot on Instagram. And then just looking him up, Rob Linninger, that's R-O-B-L-I-N-I-N-G-E-R to connect with him. Of course, if you have some amazing takeaways from today, which I know you will, please make sure to snap a picture of this episode and share it with us. Tag us in it. Let us know what your takeaways are because we love to hear from you. And um, cheers to your health. Enjoy today's episode. Welcome, everybody, to another amazing interview on your Badass Journey podcast. Today, I have Rob Leininger with me. Rob, how are you today? I'm doing great. So excited to be here. Thanks for having me. 
Of course. You know, what's awesome about the specialty you have, I would say, or the focus in life and business that you have is that it's all around health, wellness, living your best life, making sure your lifestyle actually reflects your true desires and having the energy to do it. And so I'm super excited to share you with my listeners today because not only do I know that you walk the talk and actually stand in alignment with what you believe health should be, but you actually have so much education and so much interaction in faulty health scenarios (laughs) that you've taken that now and build an amazing way to help others actually live that ultimate life. But I want to make sure that our listeners know where this all came from. So could you share a bit about your journey about how first you became or decided to become a physician's assistant? And then from that experience, how that actually shaped your entrepreneurial lifestyle? Yeah, you bet. That's a great question. My superhero origin story, so to speak. So... When I was in high school, I got into like lifting weights and I was into martial arts and you know wanted to look good for the ladies and whatnot. So I got really into health and fitness. And at some point, you know, I knew that that was going to be a, a part of my life going forward, but I didn't really know how. Um, I've always stayed in shape, always tried to eat pretty well. But it wasn't until I was in my, I guess, mid to late 20s where I kind of came full circle back to it after kind of playing around in the mountains a lot, moving to uh, where I live now, Bozeman, Montana. I'm doing a bunch of different jobs. And I finally decided it was time to sort of uh, grow up and settle down. Um, So that was the point where I decided to go back to school. Initially, I had planned to be an orthopedic surgeon. uh, But when I got further and further along in the the whole process to do that, I realized what a disruption that would be to my young family. So I decided instead to become a PA and a physician assistant, for those of you who don't know what that is. And ultimately, I mean, this was the best decision I could have made career-wise because Number one, it's a lot less arduous. There's a lot less moving around, a lot less training in general, but I basically got to do 95% of what an uh, orthopedic surgeon would do. So it ended up being just the, the perfect balance um, in terms of the lifestyle because I really heavily feel that lifestyle has to be a, a big part of what you're doing. If, if you're out of balance, you're going to be unhappy in one way or another, uh, potentially unhealthy. So um, this, is, this was kind of the the best fit I could find for me in terms of achieving the goals that I had. What were you doing prior to becoming a physician's assistant? Were you working? Did you have any sort of other career? Yeah. um, I was a furniture builder, cabinet maker. I built timber frame homes for these very wealthy uh, second home, third home owners here in Montana. So that was one of the great things was when I decided to go into medicine, I knew right away I was going to do orthopedic surgery, basically carpentry on humans. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it was. I already, I already had the muscle memory and a lot of the skills down, which was really nice. Um, I just had to learn the, the medical component. Um, but I have to admit, I was very surprised when I went through medical school. PA school is basically the same thing as medical school. It's just shortened, it's abbreviated um, in, in terms of time. Yeah, it's virtually the same education. Um, but I was, I was actually really disappointed because as I'm learning about all this stuff, the emphasis was all on recognition of a disease, diagnosis of a disease, and then what medication to give. And after my, you know, upbringing and, you know, kind of coming up through the uh, teens and 20s and really having this emphasis on diet and exercise, I realized that that part of the medical education was almost nowhere to be found. There was maybe one week of the entire two years I was in school that was dedicated to nutrition and exercise. It was very, very little overall. 
Yeah, it's so it's that's always interests me too, or or surprised me that you know we go to regular MDs, let's say for our annual checkup. I mean, I would say probably most of our listeners, my listeners, maybe see a doctor once a year because they feel they have to go through that annual check, and then they probably avoid mm. any sort of additional care or go seek it out elsewhere um, because that system can feel so flawed in that it's really for acute care. It's like problem solving versus problem avoidance or how you actually care for yourself in a way that you feel supported by who you're going to. And so I know the business that you have today is is kind of challenging the system that most of us step into from a, a medical care standpoint, which in my mind, I mean, this is just my opinion, it just feels like acute care, emergency care, and not really caring for me unless I go seek out the practitioners like you to actually look at my whole situation to figure out what's best for me in any sort of, as I like to call it, flare-up or acute Mm. issue in that way, because maybe I did something in that period of time that caused that versus try to give something that will annihilate everything that's healthy in me to try to fix one small thing. So as I tangent on that, because I have a lot of time, I have a lot of thoughts on this topic. But I know that you then you became the physician assistant. You're doing that for many years. And then you also have an entrepreneurial side to you where you started to explore health management in a different way. And that really gave you a different type of perspective on how to help people. Can you can you share that a little bit? Absolutely. And I, I first want to just mention that to your point, I'm not I'm not anti-doctor or anti-Western medicine. There's definitely an emphasis on acute care in America. And yeah. if you are going to be injured or acutely sick, there's there's really no better place to be for care, life-saving care. It's the chronic illnesses where we really suffer, but it's the chronic illnesses that are really the cornerstone of what most people are dealing with as health problems. To answer your second question, you know, as I was working in medicine, I was basically just involved in this system where I realized that I was I was kind of limited in a bunch of different ways. I was limited in the scope of my practice in terms of what I could do. And a large part of that was time, right? So you come to see a doctor in my orthopedic practice, you got a five to seven minute patient visit with them. That's really not enough time to talk about anything but knee pain. Mm-hmm. Um, as a PA, I got 15 minutes. And that was one of the other reasons I really was interested in becoming a PA instead of a doctor was I knew there was more time for education. Nevertheless, I still found that uh, the the amount of time I had with the patient to really make a connection with them, to really be able to encourage them and, and mentor them and teach them the things that I wanted to teach them to be healthy on their own uh, and stand on their own two feet. I just didn't have the the time. And so um, you're right. As as I started to get a little more entrepreneurial, which I have to credit my wife with, we had gotten involved in a, a side business, a network marketing business that uh, ended up becoming a a very profitable um, business for us. Um, it allowed me to step away from medicine for a while in the, you know, in the direct care aspect. I was not working in a hospital or a clinic um, at that point. And so during that time, I was able to, because of the freedom I had, time freedom and not having a, a job, regular job, so to speak, that I had to get up for and go to work, I was really able to sort of explore all these other ideas I had about the nutrition aspect, about the fitness aspect, about supplementation, um, and all these other tests that are, I think are really, really valuable in terms of diagnosing what could be going on with people um, at the root cause level as opposed to the symptom level um, and explore those things. And those are, those are just opportunities that I never had in the traditional medical model. 
Yeah, I like that. You know, you leverage your time uh, while you know you're building this side business with your wife, and then realizing that that had a full time income to it. You were able to then invest your own time into how else could you explore what you really are passionate about, and and frankly, like a master at assisting others in really figuring out their optimal health. Because I I know also you you believe there isn't a one size fits all. But there's a, a method of actually knowing your numbers, knowing how your diagnostics come through, and then figuring out what's the best fit in someone's lifestyle or um, choices. So tell us a little bit about the programs or the method at which you assist your you know, high-octane clients, as I like to call them. Because I feel like when you're operating at your best, you then can do more in whatever it is you're passionate about. So what is it that you enjoy the most with the clients that you're working with today? You know, I think probably the biggest benefit that I get is, first of all, seeing some of those aha moments where people connect the dots and they realize that the habits that they've formed over the years and become comfortable with are actually the things that are making them feel unwell. And you're right, you, you hit on it you know, right on the nose. This is one of the core things about um, the way that I practice and the, the people who I serve is that you know these are elite performers? They're the the people who have really done well in business. Um, they, you know, have great business life. They're very successful, but they've done so. They've built their their businesses, their brands at the expense of their health. So the beauty of working with them is that they're motivated people. They're educated. Um, they have the money to spend on some health testing. Not that it's extravagant or very expensive, but you know some of this stuff does does take a bit of time. Um, and, and some money to, you know, look for these root cause things, look for the things that are actually going to move the needle. But they're also very busy. And so I've designed the program that I use around the busy schedules of entrepreneurs, of these elite, you know, business people. Um, and I, what I try to do is I break it down into basically four different kind of core categories that I like to teach on. One of them is nutrition. One of them is fitness. One of them is mindset. And then we use um, the health testing, and there are so many good health tests that really aren't available in the Western medical model, but or that aren't used, utilized um, that that I have access to that can really be things that you can pick up small things that you wouldn't have ever thought you know would be something that would be so effective once you treat it. Um, it allows for things like targeted supplementation, and so a lot of times what that looks like is you you get a genetic test or a blood test that looks for nutrient deficiencies in your diet. Right, diet is one of the biggest things. I mean, I, I think it is really foundational about how we feel, how we look, how we operate, um, what our energy level is like. And a lot of people don't realize that the diets that we're eating in this modern day um, are really deficient in a lot of things. And so, um, using some of these great health tests to, to diagnose dietary deficiencies, um, fill those nutritional gaps, get people feeling better right away. With the the fitness, I look for and I utilize this concept called uh, the minimum effective dose. And so it's looking at a person's a client's schedule, how much time they realistically have to put into fitness and what they're actually going to do, and then designing programs based around their specific unique genetics, their specific schedule. And that's really the way I like to, to do this. Is it's a, it's a much more hands-on approach. It's much yeah, more individualized customized. than any. Yeah. Yeah, it's customized exactly. And because there's so much genetic variability between people. I mean, between you and your husband, myself, my wife, even our children, we're all different and we all respond to different inputs. Um, And so that input could be exercise, it could be diet, it could be supplementation, 
It could be um, environmental toxins. I mean, that's another big thing, trying to figure out what types of things may be in your environment that could be making you sick without you realizing it. Yeah, so true. Because, you know, I'm seeing all these things on the mold. We were talking about that earlier because I know you're remodeling and like mold is a big trigger for me. And even just staying in a hotel recently, when, you know, the last I was in LA and the hotel filter, I could tell as soon as I turned on the air, I was feeling suffocated. And it's something that yeah. in that environment could easily kill me if I was in there all the time, like kill parts of me off until I figured it out. Um, and then yep. I still have remnants. Like I still don't sound like myself because there's still some remnants in my lungs from whatever I inhaled, you know, during that trip. And, it, you know, it would be really great if I had somebody like you where I could be like, hey, this is what's happening to me right now. And you actually knew everything about me already to know what to help me diagnose or figure out what to switch and change or even like how to cleanse it out in order for me to stay in my highest, you know, le- which I, why I'm excited to work together because we already are making that arrangement. But I have this question for you that I think our listeners will benefit from. Some okay. people. Well, I would say most kind of, especially if you're a high level entrepreneur, I've heard this often where it's like, I'll sleep later. I'll find sleep later. Like, sleep will come later. Like, this is my time to go all in, go all out, and like push, push, push. And the hustle of the grind and all that BS, because you know that if you're yep. dead, if you're dead on the inside, you can't enjoy or reap the, the benefits of all this hard work. We need to find what I call. To me, it's integration. I don't call. I don't use the word balance because I believe balance requires a trade-off, and we really have to figure out how we integrate our health into everything we do. Um, because balance mm-hmm. means like you have to let go of focus on one to create focus in another. And I love your approach because it's very integrative as well. But the the question I have is, you know, for those who are saying those things like, "Oh, I can sleep later," or especially the one I see the most common, it's that. The dip that happens energetically around three between three and five PM and they're pushing themselves, they're 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 getting an accelerant, something like a caffeine or a sugar, to boost them to mm-hmm. just push a little harder. What are some things we could share with our listeners that might help them either identify that they should get checked for something? Like if it does it does do either of these things cause like an underlining thing they should check for? Or um, something that they could boost their energy in a different way that might not be accelerant based. Like for the example of, you know, my energy dipped at four o'clock this afternoon, and I rather go grab a cup of coffee versus something else. Absolutely. I mean, I could talk for an hour on this, so you may have to cut me off. Uh, <laughs> okay. the, the whole notion that you you sleep when you die, I think, is just such garbage. I mean, all of us are busy. We all have a lot of stuff going on. This is an especially busy time for me. But I also know that just for your listeners, so we have a remodel going on. I'm taking a bunch of online CME, which is actually quite intense and time consuming. Um, I've just been traveling and everyone around me has been sick. I've not gotten sick. And this is just one small example, but the way that I live my life, you're right, it's, it's integrative. And so even when I'm traveling, even when I'm outside of my normal routine, I keep the same habits. And our body craves those habits. We're creatures of habit. And so, the idea that you sleep when you die, um, you know, that really is wrong on a bunch of different levels. The, the energy comment you made, a lot of people complain about this. They get tired in the mid-afternoon or after lunch. So they reach for, you know, coffee, an energy drink, something like that. You know, fundamentally, our bodies, they should have plenty of energy to get us through a day. 
when when you don't have that, there's some underlying problem. Um, it could be a nutrition thing for sure. Probably the most common thing that I see is sleep. And sleep is one of the most disordered problems that is easily affectable. It's an easily modifiable thing for most people that has a very, very big impact in how we feel every day. Um, not just in the way we feel energy-wise or if we have that three o'clock slump, but the way that our body processes toxins, the way that our body, uh, the immune system works when we're properly slept. And for you know the entrepreneurs who are listening, sleep is probably the number one performance-enhancing drug, so to speak, that you can have. Right? There's really not much that you can do with a, a chemical, a coffee, you know, some sort of a nootropic, you know, biohack, whatever you want to call it, that's going to compare in any way to sleep. If you're prioritizing sleep and if you're getting good nutrition, um, those two things are going to change the way that you feel day in and day out. Um, and again, your body doesn't need those chemicals unless you're doing something wrong. And so those, when someone tells me that they you know, don't sleep well, or they don't sleep that much, and they they're tired during the day. You know, the first thing I go to is is sleep because I do feel like it is just absolutely foundational for how you feel, how you look, how you perform. But yeah, it's it's a tough thing because a lot of people feel like they have so much on their plate, and they really have to do this and do that, and they have to get all this stuff done. And so, what's going to be you know, like you said, the balance? What's the tipping point? What are you giving up in order to do that? And a lot of people give up the health, right? Yeah. And so um, I like to put it into perspective. I like to help people from the bedroom to the boardroom, right? Mm, and everything yeah. in between. Because I, my goal is to help you feel your best. And when you're feeling your best and you're doing it without all these substances that you're putting in your body, then your pr- productivity is going to go way up. Your self-confidence is going to go way up. Your energy level is going to go way up. Just the way you feel and the way you interact in the world, the way you show up in general is going to all be improved. Yeah, I love that because, it, and I think people need to hear it. It it it's the s- simplest choice to decide what habits you want to stick with, and optimizing them for the stage in life you're in right now. Like I I do see yeah. that like certain times I need more sleep than others. When I travel, um, like especially if I'm going to the West Coast, there's that three hour difference. I am getting up almost like four thirty a.m. West Coast time, mm-hmm. getting my workout in. And I actually love it. I was telling my husband the other day, I was like, oh, I wish I could have West Coast energy on the East Coast because I can't yeah, right. get up at 4.30 in the morning on the East Coast for some reason. But, for, but because of the time difference and my body clock, it's so much easier. And I feel like my day is just so much more amazingly longer. And my workouts um, are way more focused at that time. Like All these amazing things happen when I stick with my habits, of course. But and I would say I, I'm probably more diligent on a trip. So I, that's something I have to work on where it's when it's mm-hmm. very convenient for me to just go into the hotel gym or go for a walk around the hotel, come back, like meditate. I have my breakfast. I bring my protein shakes with me so that I know I'm getting the same amount of protein that I'm used to at home. Like all these habits make a big difference for my performance when I'm showing up in altered environments, I'll call it, because it's not what I'm familiar with. What are your top three habits that really define your health practice? Well, I'm glad you asked that question because this is something that um, I think you know just just bringing up the habits in general is really key. You you need to create habits, and so that's that's going to be part of my answer. Um, my top three things are definitely, like you said, nutrition. A lot of us fall off of our diets, whether it's daily, weekly, monthly, or when we're traveling. You know, it's, it's obviously harder to 
maintain a good consistent diet, but consistency is a good thing for our body. When we're making a lot of changes, we're eating later in the day or eating, you know, a higher fat meal or a lower fat meal than general in general. Um, you know, it, there's an effect on our body. So consistency is good there. Um, as you do, I travel with food and this is such a simple thing that I think so many people overlook, but I bring like a bag in my, in my suitcase. And if I have to leave clothes or something else at home in order to bring the kinds of food that I want to eat, then so be it. Yeah. I'm going to travel with foods that I know are going to support me nutritionally that are going to give me energy without, again, having to really get off the, the wagon, so to speak, um, and, and rely on you know stimulants and yeah, things like that. A, so that's, it, cre- it creates a whole different level of stress. Like it, when you don't have those things, like for me at least, because yeah. my eating habits are so particular that I stress yeah. on where I'm going to find my meal. So I, for years, have been traveling with my lifestyle just to know that it's there for me too. So it helps lower my stress levels when I travel as well, which is a benefit not many people think about either when bringing your own food Mm -hmm. that you know will give you that. Okay, so that's number one, nutrition. Number two? Yeah, and there's also a time-saving component too because when you travel somewhere else, you have to look for those types of things that you want or that meet your your goals. But if you bring it with you, you save time. Um, The second thing is sleep. And sleep, you know, I, I can't talk enough about sleep. But that's definitely a big thing for me. And a lot of people who I talk to and work with, they just don't have a good idea about sleep in general and and how fundamental it is to how you feel. And one of the big things is sleep hygiene. And in this you know busy time in the world where everybody's got one or two or more devices on them and they're staring at them and looking you know at emails and texts and social media and all this stuff late into the night and then first thing in the morning, you know you really need to set some some uh, standards and like set, stick to a schedule. And I feel like the, the sleep schedule is a very, very important thing. And it's hard, obviously, when you're traveling. If you're traveling for, say, three or four days or less, I would actually recommend that you do what you just mentioned and stick to your New York schedule, yeah, um, your East Coast schedule, and just get up earlier and go to bed earlier um, because it's going to be that much easier than to get back to your routine when you're back. I was just going to ask you, what's your minimum um, number of hours that you need to sleep? For me, minimum, I would say is seven. There's a lot of research now. I mean, there's more and more research coming out all the time about sleep. They actually are saying that if you sleep more than nine hours a night, it's detrimental to your health. Mm. You have an increased risk of cardiovascular disease, weight gain, diabetes. So I, I usually tell people somewhere in the seven to nine hour range, figure out what works for you and then change the rest of your schedule around that to make it work so that it's, it's actually something that's doable for you. So that means just, that means you have to go to bed earlier, then so be it. You know, For most people, actually going to bed earlier, especially instead of doing the nighttime stimulating activities that people are doing, right. is a really good thing. Yeah. Um, but yeah, your body craves a schedule again when you're sleeping. And if you're going to bed at the same time every night, you can expect to have consistent results. You know, It's called the circadian rhythm for a reason. It's a mm-hmm. rhythm, rhythmic pulse in our daily energy levels and our hormone levels melatonin being one of the key ones. And just for an example, if you're, say, looking at your phone or looking at a TV or screen, you basically, in the evenings, that is, you are shutting down melatonin production and you're spiking cortisol production. And so you need melatonin to get into those deep stages of sleep. And so people don't realize the impact that being on a device, you know, within one to two hours of bed has on their sleep. Um, The other one is caffeine. Um, I know I'm sort of getting off on the the question a little bit here, but... uh, Caffeine is a is a big big sleep disruptor, and I don't I'm not against caffeine. Caffeine is a great substance for um, improving mental clarity, 
giving you some extra energy. It's a great fat burning uh, workout aid. But if you have one cup of coffee in the morning, you're good. If you're if you're using more than that, or you're finding yourself needing caffeine later in the day, typically that's pointing to a sleep issue that's unmet. So you're losing sleep in the night. Uh, possibly as a result of the caffeine that you're consuming, mm-hmm. or you're just not getting enough quali- good quality sleep in general, so that you become reliant on these stimulants. Yeah, I'm one of those. So sleep uh, is number two. Yeah, I love that because I for the caffeine topic though, I'm I'm one of those people. If I have anything after, yeah, it's like almost 11 a.m. I am literally uh-huh. like I go to lie down and I'm tired as can be and regular routine and everything, but my eyes are wide open, staring at the ceiling because the caffeine. I'm so sensitive to it. So the one cup yeah. is my minimum. And I have found that digestively, I can only handle instant coffee. So it's literally when I can make oh, it at home. Yeah, it's so bizarre. So we'll, we could dig into that another time. But there's like the different acidity levels too in coffee mm-hmm. and or different types of caffeine too. The way our body reacts to it could be causing more inflammation and discomfort just to have the caffeine hit where it could be disrupting other areas of the body. And um, so anyway, I'm highly sensitive. There's there's a lot I have to watch for, but it was being conscious that helped me figure things out to be to be more optimal in this in the rooms I wanted to be in. So um, number three. Yeah. So give us your third. Number three, well, I could I could go on to like four or five here. Um, top three. But, top three. Uh, I think I, I, <laughs> <laughs> Top three. The third one would be exercise. So yeah. I exercise every single day and it doesn't matter if I'm on vacation or if I'm at home. I always make a point to um, fit in some exercise. Yeah. Um, and you know, our bodies are, they're just so uh, resilient and we have so much natural energy. But if we're not using that energy during the day, that's another real thing that affects our, our quality of sleep and our amount of sleep at night. So if you are working, even if you're you know using your brain like you said, you may get into bed, you may feel physically tired, but your mind is still racing. We so actually need exercise every day to burn off some of that energy that our bodies produce. We're meant to move. We're not meant to sit all day or you know, be inactive. Our bodies were designed and they function best when they're moving. And so if you, if you move and you make exercise, and it doesn't have to be anything crazy. I mean, walking is some, a form of exercise that I do every single day. That I think is fantastic. It's low impact. It's aerobic. It burns fat. But as long as you're moving your body every single day in some way, that's that's key. And so that's another part of my daily routine for sure. Yeah, these are great habits to focus on because I I I myself do my try my to, to sustain, especially when I travel. But I I like to share with the listeners the different habits of self care, and and I personally believe that you have to start your day with it with the, the highest level of self-care possible because most people listening are serving other people all day long, whether they're a business mm-hmm. owner or in their career. We generally are showing up for others every single day that I like to carve out the beginning of my day to take care of me. And I didn't learn that practice until maybe I was in my, I don't know, mid-30s. Before I was like, okay, this is in order for me to heal and to feel my best and to not feel depleted by the end of the day, self-care and self-health focus was uh, really important to me at the start of the day. And then now it's like figuring Mm. out how do I bake it in? So how about for our listeners who have a lot of desk time, right? So maybe I like for me, I'm trying to be more conscious about getting up and moving in the middle of the day to clear my mind. And when I think about that afternoon dip, 
it sometimes feels like it's because I've been satiated, like sitting for too long mm-hmm. or in meetings all day long. And I try to Im- integrate movement into that. What's happening to the body when we actually hit it with some sort of movement <laughs> midday? Well, a number of things. And so sitting, you know, you, I'm sure you've heard it referred to as the new smoking. It really is yeah. true. Sedentarism is one of the worst things we can do for our, our health chronically. When you get up and you start moving, number one, it, it injects your body with some cortisol. And people think of cortisol as being this awful thing, right? It's associated with stress, but it's actually a good thing. Um, cortisol is what gets you up in the morning, what makes you feel awake and alert. Um, and so a bit of a cortisol jolt from getting up, moving around, exercising a little bit actually stimulates your body. Um, it increases your heart rate, increases your blood pressure a bit, and it can actually have really good performance-enhancing effects for the rest of your workday. So uh, five minutes, 10 minutes of light exercise is going to do much more for you without the uh, side effects of like a cup of coffee, um, if you were to compare the two. Yeah. Um, I, have a, I have a saying that either you control your schedule or your schedule controls you. Mm-hmm. And like you, maybe I was a little late in adopting this. I always felt like I had to work in my fitness and my priorities around you know, seeing patients and my family and all these other things. But what I realized um, in the last several years is that, you know, if I'm not performing optimally, if I'm not feeling good, if I'm not taking care of myself, then I'm not going to show up as well in any of these other aspects of my life, family, business, relationships, any of that stuff. So um, I have uh, our mutual friend, Chris, um, you know, he doesn't start his workday until 10 a.m. And when I heard that, that was a real eye-opener for me. I, I thought, wow, you can do that? I didn't even... It hadn't occurred to me. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, you know, I start my morning in a similar way. I get up, I do uh, writing in my journal, and I plan out my day. And I think just that one thing alone, like a lot of people don't feel like they have time. They're so busy, right? They can't get up and they can't do the exercise. They can't do these self-care rituals. But if you actually sit down and plan your day, you'd be surprised how much time you find because you find time in your day where you're wasting time, where you're not productive anyway, where you can fit in a few minutes here, a few minutes there, or maybe an extra hour um, of, of time to be healthy, to do whether it's you know mindset work or meditation or exercise or any of these things. Um, for me, slowing down, looking at my calendar, being very intentional with the way I spend my time has actually made me have much more time in my day to focus on the things that make me tick. And so that could be the exercise component. It could be uh, listening to music, which I love, playing my guitar, spending time with my kids, taking my dogs for a walk. These are things that I'd never found time for before. And I always felt so busy and rushed, but they were there all along. I just, I didn't, make I wasn't the choice. intentional enough about yeah. my schedule and I didn't make the choice. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, I love this. And I would love to challenge our, the folks listening today. Like if you're, if you're haven't stood up and moved around yet today, Let's bake that in and let's make that happen. Hopefully you're listening while maybe working out right now because a lot of people <laughs> get their podcast time in, right? Like when they're ready in motion yeah. and it's really awesome. But what I challenge you to do is to ask yourself uh, as a listener here, what fuels you as you're putting your daily schedule together? Because if you're not refueling, like whether it's fueling through the right nutrition, fueling through the movement you need to go through, fueling yourself from a mental mindset standpoint. I mean, it's all the things that Rob here shared with us. Like, ask yourself that as you set your intention for the day to make sure you're time blocking the things that fuel you. Because if you're not doing that, you're showing up depleted to everything. And if you think that you are 
pushing yourself just for work and just for making the money and, and the success. And I'm using my quotation hands. You guys know I love to use those quotation hands. It's like the success at the end is going to make you feel fueled at the end. You're absolutely wrong. You have to enjoy the journey. So ask yourself, what is the action you're willing to take today, create it into a habit that fuels you? And when you focus that way and look at it as fuel, not something that's tearing you down, not something that's distracting you, not couch time, watching some Netflix series. I get caught up in it too. I'm not talking out of line. But these are the things I had to ask myself in order to put self-care first and really starting to take charge of my health again. And when I know now that I get challenged health-wise, like I just got over a head cold, it's because I probably was out of my habits, out of alignment with what actually fuels me, which is now why I'm going through a refueling process. But I guarantee if you start putting that into your daily practices, you'll start to show up better. And that's literally why Rob is here for you as well. So Rob, as people look to figure out what the optimal health is for them and want to connect with you, what's the best way for them to connect with you? Uh, well, I have a website that's being constructed right now called functionalmedicinepa.com. Um, while it's being constructed, you can connect with me through Instagram, which is probably the social media platform that I use the most. Functionalmedicine.pa. Functionalmed. I think uh, sorry, just, Functional Med, yes. Yeah, Thank you. Functional, You're right. Okay. You're right. <laughs> <laughs> at functionalmed.pa, guys. At functionalmed.pa on Instagram. Yep. I'm on Facebook too, Rob Leininger. You can find me there. And Karine, I think you can uh, yeah, help people it. with the spelling on, on the link. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'd love, to, I'd love to talk to people. I love conversations. Um, I mean, this is literally like... This is what I was put on earth for is to um, help people navigate you know, the fitness, the nutrition, all these questions you have, whether it's about fasting or specific diets or tests that you can do that are going to move the needle. This is what I do and what I love. And so I love to engage with people and answer questions, uh, give them direction. So I'd love it if your listeners, if they have questions, please reach out. Um, I'm happy to talk anytime. Yeah, Rob is so generous, guys. If you do reach out to him or when you do reach out to him, he will come back to you with some really great things to think about, um, but also how best to work with him and be guided into fi figuring out what the best health practices are for you. I am someone that believes in bio-individuality and, uh, and it's taken me a lot to figure out that what works for the person next to me does not necessarily work for me. And I have to, I have to take the time to figure out what's best for me because I'm a completely different makeup than each of you listening. And so I really appreciate your time today, Rob, because I think that everybody needs to figure out what works best for them. And I know that you are called to do this because you do it so well. So thank you so much for, for being on the show today and sharing a piece of you with us. And before we close out the interview, I asked this one final question, which is, how do you define what a badass is? Well, that's a, that's a great question. I love that. The way I define what a badass is, is someone who does what they think and believe to be true without caring what other people think. Love that. Thanks for joining me today. And listeners, if you had the impact that I know you did from listening today, we'd love for you to snap a picture of this episode and share it with both of us. So you can tag us in that photo 
and literally ask any question you have, post a review. We are here to support you. Thank you so much for joining us today. And we will see you on the next episode. Wasn't that such a great episode? I know you got amazing takeaways from that. What I would love for you to do for me, if you can help me extend my reach, is go ahead and subscribe to the show so you get the latest notification and listen before anyone else. Also, if you could go ahead and post your review, your five-star review will help me get other people interested in this conversation and extend my reach of impact. Most of all, I would love for you to share this with your community. It means so much to me to have you as a listener and I would love to connect with you. So if you have any questions you would like me to answer on this show, go ahead and email hello at kareenwalsh.com and my team will make sure that I get your questions so we can get them answered on the show for you. Thank you so much for listening today and I'll see you on the next episode. 